eating well, taking care of yourself, and are excited that spring is here. It's been quite lovely. This is episode 126 of Let's Talk with Scoggs, and this week I'm chatting with Moth, and they are so lovely. This conversation was great. I love the album. I don't want you to worry anymore. That title just hit me right in the gut, in the heart. And it's available now for streaming on all platforms. There are some incredible vinyl options available to you as well. I really hope you'll check it out. I was able to listen to the album before we had this conversation. And there were a couple songs that I especially wanted to talk about. And they couldn't have been lovelier, more generous with sharing the ups and downs of being a singer-songwriter and you know the pressure it is to put out your debut album so i don't want you to worry anymore again it is released independently it is out there for you to enjoy but for now enjoy episode 126 of let's talk with scoggs with moth okay cool, cool. so is moth the correct way to pronounce the artist name yeah yeah it is and I'm new to this. I hadn't heard any of your music before, and I was given a little preview of what's to come, and I've been listening to the stream of the album a lot. And I also understand that because I've just jumped in at this high point, a debut album, that there's so much work that you've done prior to all of this. So I would love to know how you got started as a songwriter when you knew that music was something you wanted to dive into. So if you could take me back. Okay. Well then we're going way back. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so I, I have been playing piano since I was about six years old mm-hmm. and that's the only instrument that I had any um, training in. Mm-hmm. And I was doing like, classical piano and it was kind of this thing where like you know I was a kid I tried to quit because it just like wasn't that exciting or whatever Mm. um and I was doing gymnastics at the time instead and I thought that was kind of like what I was focusing on and then I got injured and I had to be out of gymnastics kind of for good um Mm. and so then I was like you know teenager like messing around and I was um I I was invited to go to a music festival and it was kind of funny because I'd never interacted with rock music or live music or anything of the sort, but it was this situation where like we got to be stagehands for the day kind of because Ah. someone knew the stage manager. So it was like this very weird thing. And uh, I saw the Flaming Lips live. Mm. And I was like standing on the stage, like watching them play to this sea of people. And I was like, whoa, what is this? Like, this is the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. How did how has this been existing this whole time? I've never known about this. And that was kind of my first introduction to rock music. And then um, I, I went and I started picking up electric guitar and trying to teach myself. And I was just like so attracted to not knowing what was going on because I felt like I like like piano was boring because I knew what was going on. And then I had this new exciting instrument and it was just freaking me out. And it was so fun. And it was just like, (laughs) you just make these loud noises. It's amazing. And uh, so I I was just so happy to be bad at 
the instrument. And um, <laughs> so then I spent a lot of time in bad bands as a result of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was I was doing, you know, I was in a two-piece band called Mothwings, which is kind of where the name came from. And I did that for five years. And uh, eventually we, we did a bunch of DIY touring and I was kind of like doing the thing. Eventually the drummer and I split um, very amicably. Everything's good. He just didn't want to do music for a living. And I moved out to Los Angeles. And whenever I came out here, um, kind of like three days into being here, one of my friends who's a pop artist was like, hey, you should just come to the studio um, and write a song with me and just see what happens. And then that kind of spiraled into me meeting Robert who is my co-producer on everything. Hmm. And then he and I just hit it off immediately. And so Robert and I went and spent, you know, a year or so just working on all this music. Um, and yeah, it's been this weird, weird little like domino effect that I didn't necessarily intend to happen, but one song always just led to the next. And when it was, when I realized I was going towards a solo project, <clears throat> I kind of just took the name Moth from the previous branding because I didn't want to switch anything too drastically. Mm -hmm. And a few people had already been calling me Moth. Um, <laughs> so I was like, it was a name I was happy to adopt. And uh, yeah, now now we are here and it's yeah. just still still confusing. So yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I've I've had the privilege of um, uh, having these conversations with a lot of artists who are on the cusp of releasing their debut album. And I've never released a debut album. I likely never will. But I imagine that it's it's probably there's been expectations of what that would feel like. Oh, releasing your debut album versus <laughs> what it actually feels like. And I've heard so many different wonderful stories of what it actually is versus what the, like, you know, that Instagram versus like expectation versus reality kind of moment. Yeah. Um, so what's that been like for you? What, what in your head did you think releasing a debut album would be or feel like, or um, what you would learn from it or gain from it versus the reality and the experience that you have had? Well, the one the biggest thing that i wasn't expecting is i just thought it would be out sooner mm -hmm. um i've never done an album and the amount of moving pieces that you have to get together to release an album is unreal i mean i i just had no idea going into it that it was going to be like need this many parts <clears throat> mm -hmm. so i've been sitting on the album finished for over a year oh wow um you know, and I'm like 20 something writing demos into the next album. Oh <laughs> kinda, my goodness. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I, I was pretty shocked to find out that the, that it would take so much, right? Mm -hmm. But the amazing thing that has been really nice is, especially when creating it, like, um, you know, I, I always, felt like singles and EPs, they're not, they're not enough to um, 
build identity. And so mm. I've been putting out singles, I've been putting out EPs, but I kind of was feeling like people were still confused or questioning like, well, what kind of artist are you trying to be? Mm-hmm. And so to have an album, really what I'm learning is it, it's long form, it's a bigger canvas to do something that is a little more reflective of you and you can buffer this sort of weird artistic decision with another weird artistic decision and nobody's going to corner you over it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good stuff. So that has been the part that has been really exciting is I'm, I'm looking forward to putting out a longer piece of work, a bigger piece of work and saying, hey, like this is the identity of the project or was the identity of the project for this moment. And I, I, I feel like that's something that I was never able to reflect in um, more condensed forms of work. Mm. And so that and has I, been a wonderful thing. Yeah. And I think by the time this conversation is shared, the album is out. Because nice. out on April 8th. So yes. maybe we can speak in present tense about it because I have so many questions um but I don't want you to feel scared to explore because it's not out yet in the moment that we're talking but by the time this conversation is shared everybody oh, yeah, yeah. enjoy and listen and get to know this artist that you are and are evolving into because the debut album is an introduction right this is all of the things you said you learned all these things and you get a 12 tracks to sort of take us all these different places. And um, I am hesitant to ever share what someone's art reminds me of, because I don't want to ever say something and someone be like, that's not what I was going for. (laughs) But I am 35 years old. So this album, your songs to me were very nostalgic of two bands I really love. Um, and it made me instantly happy, especially the first track made me so happy, um, in that like fun baseline and everything. And then in my little notes here, I have that once I got to track 12, I put the last track crying face. So (laughs) (laughs) I had like just a wonderful rainbow of emotions and feelings and color. And I, I think it kind of goes back to what you just said about, because you have so much room, there is a lot of chances to go a lot of places. Um, and the album, it feels organic and effortless, but not in the sense that there's not effort put in, but effortless in the sense that you're not trying to be anyone but yourself. Like, it seems so natural for you to be writing songs. And I don't have like a cool journalistic way of putting that. It's just, that's how I felt. I was like, this is, this is meant to exist. And this person is meant to be writing songs because they make it seem so easy but I know that it's not easy. So I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Oh, it makes tons of sense. I, I really appreciate that. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like the thing that has been so, this this is kind of where the like no training thing comes in. Because mm-hmm. um, like I'm self-taught at being a producer, or, like self-taught on the other instruments and stuff. And like, I feel like because of that, it has just been this thing where like, I don't know, I don't have the technical skills to not sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. Totally. 
like um but it's it's super super fun and like um i don't know i mean i i listen to a lot of music and i listen to a lot of different genres and i've always just been like the intention has been how do you take these like extremely alternative genres that i love and think are incredible but you know are so alternative that you don't have an audience and package them into like lord songs like you know what i mean Mm -hmm, like i mm -hmm. i'm always just trying to write pop songs and then like throw elements of harsh noise in it and throw elements of these ambient music or like these sort of um influences that i i adore but i just don't i don't have the emotional capacity to grind it out in those genres Mm -hmm. you know yeah it um I'm going to be brave and I'm going to share with you what it, it reminded me. Oh yeah. I'm so curious. I, lo- I love this game. Oh, I, and I so apologize if it bums you out. That's why I'm so nervous, <laughs> but it's, it sort of felt like the shins and muse, uh, like hung out together and wrote an album. I don't know why I'm, it just, I'm cool with that. okay, cool. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Like, especially the, if you just listen to the first track and the last track, it's, I feel I just felt like they were both there and um, in such a like I said a very nostalgic way because there's a lot of Shin's albums and songs that mean a whole lot to me and then Muse as well and if you I don't I don't know I don't I apologize that I'm not really being very articulate because I it's one of those things where you just feel it and there's not really words for it but um, yeah you're extremely talented and if you we're up for it. I would love to hear about Everyone is Everything because that song, it did make me cry. So Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I don't share anything. That song is is one of my favorites that I've written. Um, it, to me, really sums the whole album up because mm-hmm. when we're looking through the record, if I'm sort of paraphrasing, it's like there's a lot of um, sort of just like talking about like addiction or like um gender issues that i've had with my or my sorry i don't know how to say things um just this sort of relationship with my gender identity that has been a struggle and like struggles with relationships and like kind of like all this stuff that like it's like getting through it getting through it getting through it getting through it and when you finally get to everyone is everything it's to me the whole concept of the song was like we're doing this together like if you hurt other people you hurt too because like the whole experience in the entirety of humanity like we grieve collectively mm-hmm. and we also experience joy collectively and in some ways like we can't even confirm joy or conform confirm grief without experiencing it with another person or together. And that's like why we're social animals. It's why we process emotions as a unit. And going into that song, it's just like, that's why the chorus is like, it's just, we we all have to do it together. And there's sort of, to me, it was meant to be a comfortable feeling. Like it is sad to say that we'll all grieve together, but it, it's so comfortable to know that it's like, it's all of us, you know, it's not, Mm -hmm. 
just you and what you put out into the world is what you're going to get back. And then honestly, having the chance to end it with that very large ambient texture mm -hmm. um, and have that go on for quite a while, it it's supposed to be just like a sonic blanket, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was what the album was supposed to be the whole time was was sort of just a blanket like it's supposed to feel comfortable mm -hmm. to whoever's listening so one of the best qualities about my mom is her gift of gab she can chat with anyone sharing stories and all these years i thought i had heard all of the stories and then once in a while a story will pop up that i had never heard before and a lot of those stories are around her time living in sun valley idaho when she met my dad so that got me thinking, what other stories don't I know? Because maybe I didn't think to ask. That's why I got my mom StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones connect through sharing stories and memories and preserves them for years to come. Every week, StoryWorth emails your mom a thought-provoking question of your choice from a vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you'd never think to ask, like, What's some of the best advice your mother gave you? Or if you were to do it all over again, what would you do differently? And yes, mom, I know you wouldn't do anything differently. You love how your life unfolded. So that one, I think I do know. But there's so many more questions out there. I've really enjoyed reading my mom's answers to those questions. And I've discovered stories and memories I never heard about. And learned new things about stories I thought I really knew. So there's a lot of details that sometimes come out in the stories and sometimes not. So this has given you a great chance to really pull through your memories, take your time, answer these questions. After one year, StoryWorth compiles all those questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book the whole family can share for generations. The kind of things that can be passed on to children or for you when you miss this person, whoever you send this to then you can spend time with them. You can reread those favorite stories of yours. This is a really lovely, lovely idea. So here's the call to action for everyone listening. Give all the moms in your life a meaningful gift you'll both cherish for years. Story worth. Right now, for a limited time, you'll save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash scogs, S-C-O-G-G-S. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash scogs to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash scogs. Yeah, it didn't, and you're, and you're kind of, you're like, I'm realizing that it didn't make me cry because I was sad. It did feel like, it felt like a, a song that gives you a hug. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, it's not necessarily the it's going to be okay song. It's more like like crying with somebody else song. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, and that's why I'm so excited about the album. Like the idea of an album is because I feel like those types of emotional content, they're just a bit too dense to package into singles that people will receive as singles. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense mm -hmm. um or to be able to do like a minute long ambient outro is you know people will be like well you we can't put this on the radio or whatever and so i'm just excited i'm really excited for the 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 work to all thrive as a unit 
So when I read the title, um, I I thought to myself, oh, that's so nice. I don't want you to worry anymore. And I thought, oh, that's so nice. You don't want me to worry anymore. <laughs> but I wasn't sure what the intention was because, like I said, I go through life and I read things. And most of the time, if I'm not doing so great, I interpret them as those are messages to me exactly when they are not. I am not the only person on this planet. But I read that and I was like, oh, you don't want me, Sarah, to worry anymore. Um, so I was well, curious. <laughs> well, I know. I, and I so appreciate it. Um, but I was curious what that title meant to you as the actual person who, you know, titled the mm -hmm. album. Well, I mean, there's the the title track, which is like a nice little transitional track in the in the album. Um, I believe that was the last song I wrote for the collection. And so, you know, I just kind of like was in my room and I was feeling that like that phrase over and over and over. And I, I was it was super late at night. And I was kind of just singing it into the microphone kind of over and over. And I was like, oh, I'll change these lyrics at some point because it is just that line again and again. And I was like, I'll change, you know, I'll just put it down as a placeholder. And then I got so attached to the repetitive nature of the line because it's like, it's one thing to hear it again, but to be hit over the head with it, you know, mm -hmm. like over and over and over, I don't want you to worry anymore, was became pretty relevant and um you know I was talking to myself I was talking to everyone else I made a lot of this record in the deeper parts of the pandemic everyone was freaking out um and to me it closed the chapter like that was when I knew the album was done was mm. because I'd been writing and like you know I, it was all these different concepts and then that finally felt like a chapter I could close was this single conclusion, which is like the whole point of bringing all of this up and bringing up every piece of emotional content in the record is to say, I don't want you to worry about it anymore. So once I had finished that transitional track, it's just like a minute long song, but once I finished it, I... I knew it was done and that was how I um, closed the door on the album as a whole. <sighs> Hearing you explain that is very nice. Thank you for that. Well, of course. <laughs> um, so I try not to get too far ahead in life because it's important to like be present and enjoy and celebrate things. So congratulations on writing an album. That is like a big feat, never mind doing that under the, you know, emotional chaos that we all felt. Um, yeah. But once yeah. it's in every, at this point, when this conversation airs, everybody will have availability to go stream it and pre, or not pre-order it, you can buy it. And I saw the different vinyl offerings that you have and they're all so beautiful. The glow in the dark one is really cool. Um, what do you hope someone does with the album? Like, do you envision someone taking it on a hike, taking it for a drive in their car, listening to it at three in the morning? Like, what do you hope oh. people do with it? I never, I never really thought about um, that. Mm. <laughs> like, the album existing within people's daily lives. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, honestly, the whole point of giving somebody the album 
is for them to have it. I don't really care what anyone does with it. It's, <laughs> you know, like, like in in a in a healthy way. Like, I, I don't. It's not that I like don't care that people are listening. I obviously care a lot. But like, if you want to jam it at three a.m., like, that's awesome. If you want to like get some noise complaints from the neighbors at your dance party, like that's great too. Like, <laughs> just sort of like. You know, whatever unique context you want that record in for your special, unique life, like, <laughs> yeah, it's got everything. Honestly, yeah, or go hike with it. That sounds nice. I'm sure the album would like some sun. Yeah, and yeah. um, what about performing? Do we have any uh, plans for playing these songs live? Or yes, the- I don't yeah. know if it will be announced. Okay, that's, that's okay. Um, there are shows, and they're going to be really exciting shows, and they're going to be really fun shows, and um, they're um, they're going to be full full band shows, which nice. I'm really excited about. Um, and the live band, they're some of the best musicians I've gotten to play with, and so I'm really thrilled about playing these songs live. I so for context. I spent the entire first bit of my music career in live music. I was doing um, like DIY touring all the time. I was doing hired gun work. I was working live events and concerts. This is like what I understand the most. I didn't learn how to record and produce records in the studio until COVID had me locked in. Um, And so once I was locked in and working with Robert, that was like the only reason I was able to get good recordings was because I took a break from doing so much live work. Wow. Um, Cause it used to be my, my records always used to be like, put a mic in the room and play, mm-hmm. you know, this was the first time I got to really consider recordings, mm-hmm. but I'm so excited now with all this new knowledge of production, taking it into the live setting that I am so comfortable with and have known for so long, because to me, that's like where I live. Like that's where the drama is. It's where I get to interact with other art forms the most in in fashion and in lighting and like this sort of like putting on a like all gas show. Like I just am, it's, it's what it's all about for me. It's like what I'm most emotionally excited about is just doing these things live. Ooh, I hope, I mean, I don't know that you'd ever come to Oklahoma City, but if you do, I would be so excited. You could play a show with the Flaming Lips. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> somebody talk. They, somebody get them on the phone. Yeah, perfect. They actually made a really cool. Um, it's called Factory Obscura, here in Oklahoma City. It's um, it's a venue with an all sensory exhibit. I guess you could say. Oh, cool. Um. Is one of the coolest things we have here because Oklahoma City itself is just like really cool. There's lots of venues here. The state, not uh, at all, but Oklahoma City itself is very cool. And, oh, yeah, I love um, Oklahoma City. Uh, the Flaming Lips have just like done so much cool stuff here to like, you know, expose everybody to more art and exciting and different things. And um, so I'm just going to put that out in the ether that you will play with the flaming lips so then i can oh, move around it'd be full circle that'd be amazing yeah, yeah. 
Um, is there anything else that I will never think of to ask you about this album that you would like to share? I mean, I'm sure that the story, the stories of the album will make themselves clear as time goes on, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't have anything off the top of my head other than that. I, I had a really good time making it. Well, good. Yeah. And you've said that you've already got songs in the bank because there was this waiting period. So with what's yeah. to come next, is it, um, is it something that you're still working on or was it sort of just like to kill time and to keep your, your brain moving? Um, I, it's something I'm still working on. I have been making a ton of music because I recently started producing for other people. Um, and so I have been making like, like I've had different artists in my house five days a week, every week for the last few months. And I I feel like my like creative bandwidth is just being like pushed and pushed and pushed. And it's so exciting because now I'm working in all these different genres and I'm basically writing my own music as a like like a, an identity crisis that's in a positive direction, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. um, just learning so much from these other genres and from these other artists and producing these records um, and sort of like being like, wow, that was exciting. What if I tried that in like a song in my style and then it ends up in me writing a new song. And so I don't know exactly what, I'm doing next like maybe it'll be EPs maybe it'll be an album or singles I have no idea but I am making an insane amount of music right now (laughs) and I'm just so excited about being able to um create at that capacity and at that amount of work because it's just so fun yeah that all sounds very positive I like that it's all very good stuff um, yeah, it's it's this isn't slowing down. Like it's not gonna perfect. go anywhere. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to do this for a very long time, and I want to like, you know, contribute to the art form as a whole. I'm not trying to like just be an artist or like just like a person that's in a band. Like I'm, I'm really really interested in like seeing what what can happen with music. It's in such a strange place right now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm excited. Thanks. I'm excited. Um, so we typically play a game, excuse me, called Overshare. Okay. It is a way to get to know each other a little bit better. And they're kind of like questions you would ask someone on a first date. They're conversation okay. starter questions. Some are very silly. Some are more thoughtful. Um, I have a newly revised list of 176 questions. Holy shit. So... <laughs> Could you please choose a number, one through one hundred and seventy-six? Is there a particular number I should avoid? Um, no, but uh, <laughs> if if any of if nothing comes to mind for any questions, we can skip. Or it's not a hard and fast rule. We're flexible. No, no, 30, 30, 39 feels like okay. a like that number feels okay for some reason. Oh, it's a very cute question. Oh, good. Okay. What in your life? 
brings you the most joy? Oh, that is a super cute question. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wish I had a different answer. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it is unfortunately making music. <laughs> no, that's not that's not a that's a great answer. It's a skill that you have and you're extremely good at it. Um and the good thing about it is that it has a domino effect because it brings you joy and then it brings other people joy. Yeah. Well, I can tell you actually I have a, a second answer to the question mm-hmm. too now. Um outside of that if we're talking like in an immediate sense right now um so like music obviously is a career at this point and it's work and like that has changed my relationship with music a lot and i've been looking for new hobbies mm-hmm. um and i've been i finally one of my friends and i are making a giant foot a giant paper mache foot um and it's like this is like a big foot and and i'm (laughs) legitimately so thrilled by it because you know it's it's a long-term project that i can get really emotionally invested in and be excited about that's going to take a lot of time it's with somebody i care about but it can't become anything you know Mm. it gets exhausting when it's like because i've been like painting and then it's like well you could you could put a painting in a gallery if you wanted or like making music and it always could end up being something or like you know I don't I don't have like a healthy relationship with hobbies even fashion eventually becomes part of the work and so to just be making a foot for like literally no reason it's like it can't become anything it's just a fucking foot (laughs) you know (laughs) like that has been bringing me a lot of joy this ridiculous project that i can get really passionate about yeah foot Um, joy yeah i don't have a good thing for feet if you do that's totally cool it's just that like um i'm sort of now gonna be indulging into absurdist sculptures i think as a form of fun well, well then I'm going to put this out there. Your foot can go into the Factory Obscura uh, thing that the Flaming Looks put together because there's all sorts of interesting stuff in there that you go in and you, like, crawl through or under or sit in. Like, your foot seems like it would go right into this exhibit. So, um, Honestly, it sounds like, yeah. Okay, so let's, put, let's put the foot in Oklahoma City. This has a home now. <laughs> um, what materials are we making this out of? This is a paper mache foot, and neither of us oh have any gosh. experience in paper mache, so this is perfect. Like, oh. <laughs> we have no clue what's going on. Oh, I love it. And you can paint its toenails. Yeah, I believe I believe that um, we've discussed the color purple. Yeah. So. <gasps> That's fun. I love that. It brings you joy. It's making a foot with your friend. Making um, a foot with my friend. Going to drag shows. I, that is, I scream a lot at the drag shows. I'm like, mm-hmm. like yes! I kind of like yeah. always just like super excited. Um, mm-hmm. That's I, my little little life. That's that's what brings me joy. <laughs> I would say I um, I get a lot of joy out of making someone laugh. Is it oh yeah? One, and then um, I really love karaoke, like a lot. 
Oh, like, that's good. So much. And I can't sing, but I just think it's so fun to sing into a microphone to your favorite song and dance around. And it genuinely makes me so happy. But the problem is, is that there aren't very many people who love karaoke. So I have mm. a hard time finding yeah. folks to go with. And I have done plenty of things by myself, but I don't know if going to karaoke by yourself is as fun. Well, you need you need that support. I know. That like, come on, you can friends. hit that Mariah Carey note. Go for it. Oh, <laughs> the the fun thing about it is, I always sing Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Oh yeah, there you go. I was literally gonna ask what your karaoke song was. Yes, because I can't sing like Whitney. No one expects me to, so it's safe. No, of course not. It's, yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly everybody knows it so everybody gets so happy that they dance around oh my gosh it just it really fills my heart it makes me so happy all the joy um it kind of, maybe it's a little bit like how you feel when you get to go to a drag show is right to karaoke. the energy is so up yes it's, so it's hard to find those spaces because we've all been stuck at home i had to make myself like feel that way and it was really hard i miss being around people just like having fun and just being themselves and that it's just like we're celebrating nothing specific but we're just happy i miss all of that i know we're, we're all uh warming up to joy again mm -hmm. like we're like allowed to experience it for the first time a little bit mm -hmm. and it it just isn't it's not immediate it's not supernatural <sighs> yeah especially after everything. Um, can we, we do get another it, one? Yeah, of course. Maybe we should do, are the newer ones at the end? Um, it was more, it was revised more that it was, um, I took some out that I thought were kind of like too generic of a question. So mm -hmm. it's not that anything new is at the end. I just sort of pared it down. I, cons I consolidated, okay. if you can believe it, <laughs> to 176. What was it before? I think it was uh, 260, two, cool. 250, that's, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, that's a yeah, lot. It down. Let's do like a, 127 because I feel like okay. that is probably right around like the point where it got weird. Okay, let's see. One. Oh, this is a good one. <clears throat> what is something you have failed at recently? Oh, God. Uh... <laughs> Well, I missed our interview yesterday. Oh. <laughs> that doesn't count. That's just being oh, okay. a human. I mean, I guess I don't want it to be that you have to think of something like terrible that you did, but I fail at things all the time. Like I, here's a really simple one. Last night, I tried to bake some sweet potatoes. Baking mm. potatoes takes way longer than you think it does. And oh, yeah. They were not ready on time and I was hungry and I was like, come on, potatoes, let's get it together. And I did what Amazon, not Amazon, Google told me to do. Um, so I failed. The potatoes were not really all the way cooked through, but we still ate them and they were delicious and nutritious. So I failed, but it's okay. I mean, there you go. I feel like that's good. Um, <laughs> I don't remember failure too much i you know yesterday though i <laughs> this feels like a failure i bought a fucking tiny tiny bar of soap because i was like i need some soap <laughs> and i bought this like tiny bar of soap without checking the price tag 
Mm-hmm. And then I rang, got rung up, and it was like a $12 bar of soap. <laughs> and and I was like a little too like shy about it to to be like, oh, ooh, I don't want the soap. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I'm holding it right now. I got this, it's like two inches. <laughs> this is like this is like two inches of soap. <laughs> it's so small. And I it smells like chocolate. I'm excited to try it. It better be some really good soap. But yeah, so I bought just like some heinously expensive soap because I was feeling a little too nervous to tell the person that I didn't want this soap. Mm-hmm. That was a failure for sure. I wonder if they were like, Kai, we, we totally, <laughs> we finally sold one of the bars of soap. Someone bought one. That was $12. Great, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm in Echo Park. I'm certain that some people are buying this soap. A hundred percent. You know, they're like, like, oh, actually, like, if you use this soap, you know, you can stretch better for your mm-hmm. yoga class in the morning. There you go. Get those hammies nice and warmed up. Right. Okay. So one of the other things we do is we give advice. So oh. listeners write in just sort of anonymously with questions and we like to talk about the the questions and give some advice as if you're giving advice to a very dear friend. So this segment is called Asking for a Friend. Okay. Um, uh, before we get into it, are these yeah. um, are these questions that are generally sent to the show or are these questions that have been curated specifically for each artist? These are random. You get cool. the question okay. you get. No one aimed these questions to anyone. I do like to reuse some of them just to get a different perspective because we all have different experiences, different perspectives, and advice can sometimes, the advice we give can sometimes come from our our experiences. So um, this one has come up before. So we're going to get another take. So this question is looking for advice on how to cope with uncertainty. Do you have any advice? Mm. Uh. I gotta, I gotta think on this a little bit because that that's a pretty big one. It is a big one, and the whole the whole thing is uncertain. Yeah, (laughs) I'm uncertain about how to answer this question. I mean, I think for me personally, I like to remind myself of anything that will help ground me. So uncertainty for me reads as anxiety, fear, and I've I have personally been working on not operating out of fear that's a problem Mm. for me so that's like a personal goal that i have for myself so when i feel uncertainty i try to ground myself with things that i love like my dog is a good little warm body to kind of snuggle up to or read something that makes me feel safe or happy um but i think part of coping with uncertainty is also just accepting that uncertainty and change are a part of life, just yeah. as joy, just as love, um, are parts of life. Uncertainty isn't inevitable. I can't say right. that that's one of it's one of those things that it's much easier said than done. So I don't have all the answers, but acceptance of things that I can't control does help me sort of ease the immediate pounding in my chest and the sweat coming down my face. Right. I mean, it does, it feels like the first thing that you should do is admit it. 
right? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be uncertain. It's going to change. And it's time to admit that. Um, I think that the one thing that you can't really change is that you're you. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the only thing you can't change is that you're you. Um, and I, especially, so I've been like going through um, a lot of changes in my career and in my personal life and this sort of, um, you know, going from an artist that plays house shows to being an artist that is around people who are a little more relevant um, has changed a lot. And I sometimes don't react to that change very well. And so it comes up a lot in therapy and stuff. And one of the things that I always have to remind myself of is like, you know, no matter what happens, no matter whose house you were just in, no matter what piece of equipment you just bought, like you're going to go home and you're going to make songs and you can do that. And it doesn't matter what capacity that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in, in the small scope that I have for, for handling uncertainty, it's been like saying basically, yes, it, you will continue to experience uncertainty. I think a lot of, um, coping with it might come from reframing your expectations with uncertainty mm-hmm. because if you can reframe your expectations to say that like I expect nothing or I maybe expect that like no matter how wild something gets nothing is going to change that much or even to say that I expect that it will change a lot you know mm-hmm. um feels like a a way to get a little more control over the situation than trying to prevent change mm-hmm. that would be maybe a piece of advice i don't know that was very well said i love that thank you Thanks. i hope that helps i hope that that helps someone out and i'm sure this question will come up again and now i'll have a a little better of an answer as well <laughs> borrow what you said um <laughs> well thank you so much for chatting i apologize that i was so nervous i was so excited to talk to you because i just really do love the album um so thank you for being so generous and sharing and i hope it um creates all of the opportunities that you're hoping for and i'm excited that there's going to be more songs at some point because i really do love it i'm going to give you you yeah i'm going to give you the floor so you can tell our listeners where to stream like follow whatever they need to know Oh, this is 100% the thing I'm worst at. Um, (laughs) (laughs) If, look, all right, I'm going to level with the audience right now. It's going to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, on the Spotify and the Apple Music and YouTube and Tidal and all the places. Um, You can purchase it at the website, I think. Like, I don't set a lot of this stuff up. Uh, <laughs> the album is called I Don't Want You to Worry Anymore. And as far as it stands at the moment, it's moth with an E at the end. And if you type that word in three times, you will find me anywhere. Um, <laughs> that's about how this goes. Perfect. That was perfect. And I can hyperlink to anything in the show notes as well. So. Oh, yeah. Link, links, that's, that would be perfect. You got it. 
Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I hope you have a really lovely rest of your day. And if you ever want to come back to talk about anything ever again, I would love to have you. So thank you oh, so much. We got stuff to talk about. Yeah, stay stay in touch somehow. Um, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. Have a great rest of your day and we'll talk soon. All right. Bye, Sarah. Bye. Bye.